Welcome to another edition of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and again, joined by my friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Hi. Today we are going to be discussing the third episode of season one, Rose the Prude. Just to give you a recap of how we're going to do things, uh, Ski will start us off with a probably fairly detailed recap of the episode. Uh, we may give a few little tidbits of uh, trivia or fun facts in there, maybe favorite moments, and then we'll end the show with our uh, MVP of the episode as well as the number of slices of cheesecake that it earns in our quest to figure out the very best of the entire series. So without uh, further ado, I'll go ahead and hand it over to Ski for the recap. All right. Well, as you mentioned, uh, it's called ep- it's episode three, and it was entitled Rose the Prude. It originally aired on September 28, 1985, was produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman, co-produced by Marsha P- Posner-Williams, created by Susan Harris, and written by Barry Fanaro and Mort Nathan, I believe his name is. Now, for the future episodes, I don't know if we need a recap of who created it every time. It should be the same person. I've done person. it every time. <laughs> if you didn't like it, you should have told me before, because oh, now well. it's three episodes in, Alan. You can't just change it now. Well, I, I mean, it's course, up to you. Of course, you can, actually. Yeah. If we can make the rules, because it's, it's our thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's very true. So, but, I just won't do it next time, then? It, it'll still be created by the same person, regardless of the episode. That's probably true. So, all right, go ahead. You think Sorry. it's Susan Harris or Suzanne? I don't care. It's Susan. 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 Okay. Mr. Brent knows. Yeah. Um, I do think the next episode, though, when you get to that part, you should be left to find out who created it. Tune into episode three. <laughs> Ooh, some intrigue. So, what, <laughs> tune back to episode three? <laughs> if you want to know who created it, episodes one through three, we'll give you that information. Make it take longer. We're than not just telling saying. you anymore. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So. Yeah. And just in case anybody hasn't figured it out here on the third episode, this. This podcast is less about the show and more about just uh, us getting together and uh, talking about something we all enjoy. Uh, very, very uninformative, um, but hopefully somewhat enjoyable, at least for us, if not for you. So, all right, so you go ahead with that recap. Well and, said. Oh. And it allows you to polish your editing skills so you can take that created by Susan Harris and just splice it in to yeah, all future episodes. Exactly, right. yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> that's the entire purpose of the whole <laughs> podcast is for me to work on my editing skills. Exactly. So we'll see from episode one to 180 uh-huh. where he I... He will be a master. Yeah, exactly. It'll Postgraduate degree in audacity. <laughs> right. <laughs> The next podcast will be about editing on Audacity. <laughs> right. So are we done with the recap yet? Is it time for the MVPs? Listening to people talk about sound editing. <laughs> editing. All right, Ski. So sorry. Right. go ahead with the I'm recap. Sorry. Susan Harris. <laughs> All right. We open and we see uh, Dorothy and Sophia playing cards uh, out on the lanai. They happen to be playing gin and rummy. Blanche enters the scene. Real quick. So are they playing... So, is gin rummy different than gin and different than rummy? Like, are they three games or two games or one game? Or I have no idea. I've never played gin, rummy, nor a combination of the two. I would guess <laughs> it's a different game. I, I'd have to think it's some sort of a combo. I believe gin rummy is a form of rummy. And mm-hmm. I don't okay. think gin, except for the drink, is different. <laughs> See, because I thought... Yeah, because I thought she said they were playing gin, and I didn't know if she meant gin rummy. They do at and one point say specifically gin rummy. I know that. Much. Okay, they um, do. But so. that's different than regular rummy. So in rummy, uh, you actually lay down sets of cards yeah, that are matches. Yeah, yeah. I believe in gin rummy, the difference is you have to lay down all cards at once. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So they have to be one like a combination of gotcha. all. 
So we're saying there's gin, rummy, and rummy, but not just gin. People just right. maybe shorten gin rummy to Inle- just gin. Unless you're an alky. Oh, okay. Well, then yeah. you're a rummy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they're playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to be gin rummy. Uh, Blanche comes in and asks Dorothy if she'll join her on a uh, double date because if, uh, if she can't get another girl to go out with uh, her date's I think it was brother. brother, yeah. brother <laughs> then uh, you know it's going to be canceled. She uh, doesn't want that. Can, can we take a moment to comment on Dorothy's outfit? Oh, uh, like the baseball. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was like a slanky, mattingly Yankee jersey <laughs> or something like that. But like, it was like a nightshirt, right? Yeah, like, it exactly. was like an old timey nightshirt. Yeah, like it, slanky. Is that the word? I mean, slank it. Yeah, <laughs> like a slank it, like the sleeves with the blanket oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, it was like that, but like New York Yankee pinstripes with I like agree, a big yeah. red collar. I feel the exact like, same Like thing. if you mixed the New York Yankees old uniform with uh-huh. Scrooge's like nightcap, like uh-huh. <laughs> like outfit. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Minus the hat. I mean, it was the nice thing about it is I think it would be equally as appealing on a man or a woman. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, with these stately appearance, I, uh-huh. I think it works really well for her. Yeah. So. Very handsome. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> I do have a nightgown, a sleeping gown. Oh, dude, do you have a cap as well? I don't have the cap, um, <laughs> but I have the gown, and I, I tried to wear it. Um, For my Christmas, wife, my I wife want to get him no. one of those old-timey <laughs> like, night, like uh-huh. night candle sticks, uh-huh. <laughs> like little hold by the uh, handle thing. Did she not let you wear it because she was afraid of your sugar plum dreams? <laughs> 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 she, Yeah. She's a very tolerant woman of my quirks, but she drew the line on that one. Um, I, I fully endorse her her line in the sand <laughs> when it comes to that particular fashion choice. Meanwhile, I was at twenty four dollars on, on it. <laughs> it would it would remind her of when she uh, liked the the Peter Pan cartoon. It's it like, could be, oh. or she may be wondering if she chose the right, the wrong sexuality <laughs> if she's too attracted to you in your dress. <laughs> it's a gown and. <laughs> It was one of those things that, you know, um, she doesn't allow me to sleep nude. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this will be a nice, you know, commando <laughs> compromise. That sounds like the worst compromise. <laughs> I was like, I can still be commando, and yet I'm completely covered and everything. But no, she was not going for it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you just need to get yourself some hammer pants. <laughs> and that will give you some room down there, at least in the nether area. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's not the same. <laughs> Uh, I'm just glad that you and I aren't roommates (laughs) any longer. (laughs) Did he go with the buff here? No, well, he never lived at this particular house. That's true. um, But he never came out of the room naked. (laughs) So so when we were roommates, he... uh, Not while anybody was home. Oh, yeah, not that we know. I mean, there was a time we were in the hospital, and, you know, I'm sure they defiled all manner of our, uh, you know sitting areas and laying areas and whatnot so his naked body was probably all over that house but i wasn't there to see it so it's fine by me fine by him Mm -hmm. all right anyway it's it's more pleasant than the idea of him running around in his gown anyway (laughs) 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 agree to disagree go ahead with your recap sorry no it's part of the gin rummy brothers sophia comes in yeah or not sophia sorry well i was saying sophia volunteers to go and uh Blanche politely declines mm-hmm. her offer. Uh, Dorothy states that, uh, you know, she's busy. And, and uh, Blanche is like, what do you mean you're busy? You know, you're just playing cards. And I was like, well, tonight is the night that I beat my mom at gin. 
And Sophia kind of laughs it off, saying, yeah, she's been playing for, I think, 30 years. She's never beat me yet. It's not going to happen now. It seems almost uh, shocking that anybody could do anything for 30 years against one person <laughs> and never come up with a victory. But uh, Statistically, I'm sure that's quite the anomaly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you just it, couldn't count. It could be. But she was a teacher, so. Yeah. I mean, it also seems odd, though, that, you know, Sophia was like, well, now that you have a 10-year-old daughter of your own, let me teach you how to play gin. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I can say this. I've played Euchre with Brent, and I could probably play with him for 30 years without him winning a game. (laughs) (laughs) It's choreographed card sorting. (laughs) So, yeah, a real-world example, you're saying? Yeah, and it's funny because he's one of the most intelligent people I know, and yet the uh, intricacies of Euchre completely confounded him. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get it. It was like trying to teach a dog how to use the Internet. (laughs) All right, well, anyway, they're, you know, talking, and then Rose enters, and Blanche goes and asks her if she'll go, and Rose kind of says, no, she's not really that interested in dating anymore. And then uh, Blanche kind of presses her. She pleads for her to join her that night, and uh, Rose says, okay, I'm sure I won't have any fun, but I'll go. Uh, and then uh, jo- uh, Blanche kind of leaves and says she's going to make uh, a phone call to make plans. I-, I thought it was great in that scene where Blanche says, that's the spirit. <laughs> you know, that you're, you're going into it with the preconceived notion. It's going to be terrible, but at least you're going along so that I can. So, mm-hmm. you know, but go for it. Sorry. Anyway, uh, Rose explains how uh, dating has been, you know, miserable in the last many years. And that uh, one, one such occurrence, uh, a man spent the whole time just talking about nothing but his prostate. <laughs> and uh, says that Dorothy should go. At least she would have fun. Um, Dorothy uh, kind of restates that tonight she's uh, beating her mother at cards. Nothing's going to change that. Uh, just then, Sophia kind of lays down her cards and says, "What's the name of the game?" And Rose says, "Gin." And then poof, throws the cards down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did much Dorothy's dismay once again. So. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we cut scene. Um, then we go to uh, Blanche entering the house, and she's wearing a nice dress. So you can tell she was probably out on a date. Right. Uh, you can hear Sophia in the uh, kitchen saying, "Gin." <laughs> <laughs> Loudly. Yeah, and then I think there's some uh, like sounds of dishes crashing or, yes. or something of that nature. So something crashing down on the ground for sure. Foley artist turned his keep that week. <laughs> right there, you go. Uh, and then uh, Dorothy kind of storms out of the kitchen, kind of flops down to a chair, and Sophia comes in after her, gloating about her uh, most recent victory. Explains that she'll always be back because she's so competitive. Mm-hmm. And then uh, go ahead. Wasn't there an exchange about? Like her competitiveness was her worst feature. Yes. Exactly. Yes, that's a good. And they said, "No, is your ears were your worst feature, um, yeah. but your competitive's up up there." And then uh-huh. Blanche, what I think, says her her bony she, feet. Exactly, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which was an odd place for Blanche to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's. I guess I I can't say that I've noticed either her ears or her feet. I mean, her ears are typically covered by her hair. I've yeah. seen um, B. Arthur's feet. Oh, have you? They're not impressive. Are, are you into that kind of thing? No, that, not at all. <laughs> oh, not okay. at all. Um, but she was on, like, what's the thing that used to be in the Sunday paper, like Parade? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, um, she was on, like, the cover of the Parade, sitting there, like, um, you know, crisscross applesauce with her feet just sticking up hmm. in, like, the camera, and, like, that's what was in focus. The rest of her was, like, airbrushed and blurry. <laughs> but <laughs> That must have uh, really had an impact on you, because Parade... 
I don't think he'd been around for a decade or more, and that particular issue would have had to have been 15 to 20 years ago. Yeah, I was high school, maybe. I think it was shortly after maybe the show went off the air. Oh, okay. So he was he was interested in the in the filmography of it all, the 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 special focus of it. So oh, it like, so it was just photography of it that, uh, that yeah, ruined that I, particular Yeah, I think I misspoke parade. on the term, but uh, yeah, I think that's what caught his eye was the fact that, well, well that's an odd way to take a photograph. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's just one of those things that, like, it was pre-internet, so if you wanted your gossip, you had to <laughs> right, read get your the parade. parade. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely the, the main gossip rag out there. <laughs> exactly. So, we, we find out that what Blanche had a... a a bad date. Overall. Yes, she her her date was quote quote the dud, but uh, apparently Rose made out with her. Uh, well, not made out per se, but uh, had a very good time with her date. And then uh, Blanche kind of uh, makes a comment that next time I'm going to uh, date both brothers before giving one away. Mm. Yes, she can make sure now. But that didn't seem like that was even an option because she had to have uh, Rose <laughs> there the so spot, that it wouldn't yes. get canceled to begin with. But. Well, maybe she'd have gone alone, you know, and said someone else was going to be there. She could have tricked True. him. Yeah. Got her pick of the litter. You know? Now, was the brother in from out of town? I, I feel like that's what she said was that the brother was in from out of town, and that's why suddenly he was thrown into the mix. Oh, I don't remember. I think maybe so. Possibly. Okay. So this relationship that, that buds out of it would potentially be a long-distance relationship. If that was the case. Yeah, because Arnie was from Patterson, New Jersey. Well, he said he was from there, but I don't know if that necessarily meant he lived there. But, yeah, I suppose you could extrapolate that if yeah. he was in from out of town. So. And so uh, Blanche kind of explained that her, her date was bad, but Rose Rose was good. Rose enters, and you can tell she's really excited. Um, the girls start talking about the night, and Rose kind of goes on this list explaining how exciting and unpredictable uh, her date Arnie is. Uh, and then Blanche kind of contrasts about how boring her date Jeffrey was, mm -hmm. which you know, I took as a personal stab. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, but it's spelled J E F F, right? So I mean, I'm I'm different than that. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that Jeffrey with the G is like the <laughs> wild man spelling. That's right. right. Well, I'm, I'm I'm at least a British wild man spelling or yeah. <laughs> something of that nature. So, and you can tell that uh, Rose kind of leaves the room after they discuss that. Blanche is sour and a little bit jealous about it, but Dorothy reminds her of all the. The fun time she's had on uh, dates, including one with the Miami Dolphins coach. Yeah, and then then uh, she gets a little hot under the collar thinking about uh, the time she spent in the locker room and sauna and whatnot with that. Uh, I want to say this is the second episode where uh, Blanche kind of goes off into her dream world with Dorothy right there and starts like saying, yeah, yeah, tell me more. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, apparently she has a, a vivid memory of her many conquests, so... <laughs> yeah, has something to uh, to take with her on the nights when the date doesn't work out well. There you go. Now I did think it was funny that Rose describes Arnie as uh, the uh, the most outrageous, unpredictable man she had ever met, and <laughs> you know I think in the time they would have gone to dinner and then ran a toll booth apparently. Uh -huh. Yeah. I don't. I won't make a an assumption about the men of Saint Olaf, but they. Uh, <laughs> At least the people in her circle must be pretty tame if in her entire... Well, I think you know. just the previous two episodes, we met one with like a guy who had six wives, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say he was more outrageous. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's, that's... I was saving this point for later when we established that Arnie was a creep. Um, but yeah, he's now... When Arnie is introduced, he will be the seventh man that we've met on this show. 
and not a single one of them has been reputable or upstanding. <laughs> you don't think Coco was reputable or upstanding? Fucker didn't even leave a two-week notice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we could assume he was fired that he left on his own volition. <laughs> I think just your uh, your bias against the whatever community he was from. <laughs> the enchilada cookers? Exactly, yeah. Someone who wants to... We really to... don't know how much time it lasts from episode one to two. Well, I assume just a week. I mean, that would be that the fair assumption. That is the standard yeah, amount right. of time between weddings, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that uh, I guess it's a good thing that one didn't work out because then they would have been looking for a place to live while trying to plan a wedding <laughs> for the for the daughter. That would yeah. have been a, a hell of a week to to get yeah. through. And so you don't think Arnie is reputable at all? Not at all. Um, twofold. I mean, we'll come back to Arnie's disreputableness. Gotcha. I want to know more about this when we get around. Um, to it. Yeah, Arnie's disreputable. Coco is obviously you know disreputable. Didn't leave a two week <laughs> notice. Um, I mean, I guess. Starting back back on episode one, we had a priest, Nuff said. Mm. Um, <laughs> we had, you know, Meshach Taylor as a closeted police officer. Um, we had the bigamist. That's know. true, yeah. Episode two, we had Stanley. And then, you know, David the foot perv. <laughs> and now we've got Arnie. I don't know. I think you're making some wild assumptions <laughs> <laughs> about. I'd say there was two disreputable guys in that, uh, in my opinion. I, I would definitely agree Stanley, you okay. know, clearly, and the bigamist. I, and I would, I could go with three, not because the dude's a priest, but because he has <laughs> such a lack. He's a priest and has such a lack of understanding in that first episode about the, you know. Uh, emotional heartache that Blanche may be going through mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know I, I think the rest are species to be get to to say the least it's blind to the feminist agenda <laughs> now, that may be I am woke as fuck as previously <laughs> determined <laughs> so but anyway so yeah so most outrageous man um, uh, we cut scene actually there mm -hmm. uh, and then we open back up to uh, Dorothy in uh, the living room and she's writing something, I don't know, but Blanche then uh, enters the room with a uh, jar of macadamia nuts and asks her if she'll open it. She doesn't want to damage her nails. And she's like, well, Dorothy is well, I've got nails. You know, so, oh, but you work with your hands all the time. She's like, I'm a teacher. I grade papers. Well, now looking at her nails, though, in that her nails were trim, you know, like shortcut. They weren't painted or anything. Whereas Blanche's, you know, did appear to be like done nails. And I don't mm -hmm. know if they were fake nails or just, you know, maintained you know, natural nails. Um, but unless she thinks this jar of macadamia nuts are going to <laughs> literally damage her normal nails, I, I don't mm -hmm. see her objection as being, I, I would say Blanche's assumption was fair. I mean, not necessarily that she would have mm -hmm. rough man hands because of being a teacher, yeah. but that well, she would say, nails, what are these claws? Yeah. I mean, no, they're shortly trimmed nails that probably wouldn't be damaged <laughs> by this can of nuts. Mm -hmm. So, and so uh, and then, uh, she takes the, the jar of nuts and opens them for her. Uh, Sophia walks in uh, from the back and states that she's going to a club meeting. They said, hey, I didn't know you were in a club. And she says something along the lines of uh, they get together and send photos to, I can't forget. Willard Scott. Willard Scott, thank you. It was on mm -hmm. what, the Today Show, he yeah. said? Yeah. They say that uh, they send a picture saying they're 100, <laughs> right? Yep, and he announces them and gives them some Smucker's jelly. There you <laughs> go. It's a good, it's good uh, stick. <clears throat> And a good product plug for our new sponsor. Yes. <laughs> Smucker's Jelly. It's the kind of jelly you want to have. <laughs> exactly. 
It's all the Golden Girls' favorite jelly, except for Blanche. <laughs> right. <laughs> Blanche got her special jelly? Is that what we're saying? I mean, I would think KY would probably be Blanche's. Um, Especially at the was, advanced age of, I think that was like, the... slightly older than us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, then, you know, Sophia proceeds to the door, opens it, and uh, Rose is out there hugging uh, Arnie, and she's like, take it inside, you two. This isn't the French Quarter. Yeah. Very scandalous. Yes. Hugs. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what's next. Yeah. Yeah. First comes hugs, then comes, you know, I guess public nudity would definitely yeah, be the next mm, next step in that. I think that's pretty uh, pretty direct progression. <laughs> right. Uh, Rose walks. <laughs> it's slightly humorous to like imagine the Golden Girls at Mardi Gras. Mm. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it seems like Rose would be completely befuddled by the entire event. She um, would. She with would. the saggy boobs, they wouldn't have to pull their shirt up as high. Well, exactly. that's true. It's three yeah. inches above the belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rose walks in. You can tell she's distressed. She kind of walks straight through to the lanai. Uh, the girls can tell she's upset, so they follow her out there and ask, you know, what's wrong? And she explains that Arnie has invited her to uh, go on a cruise, mm. right? Uh, but she's nervous that they'll be alone. I think at first uh, Blanche says, you're upset because he's asking you to pay yourself. <laughs> right. But that wasn't it. She's nervous that they're going to be alone together in a single stateroom with a bed. <laughs> and then she goes on to explain that she's never been, been with anyone in that special way uh, besides her husband. And that uh, her first time was actually their wedding night. Right. And that they that he's died 15 years ago, which we learned in a prior right. episode. So she's she said quite a long uh, long spell between uh, you know, intercourse. Well, and Blanche is just stone cold, like flummoxed from yeah. all of this. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they uh, I think Dorothy has explains that, you know, in life you got to kind of take chances. And that uh, if you decide to go on this, you know, it'd be a good life experience. Right. And then I think Rose decides, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm going to take a chance. Mm-hmm. And then we cut scene again. And now Rose is on the boat. And it's obviously at night. She's wearing her, like, nightgown. Uh, mm-hmm. She's alone in the uh, stateroom. <coughs> and I think this is the first time we've ever left the damn house. Yeah, I believe it, so. Yeah, I maybe. mean, we've had plenty of other opportunities where it would have been appropriate. But, yeah, yeah. this is the first time they ever actually take us uh, into a, a new setting. Maybe exactly. at this point the, the show has you know, been successful enough for a few episodes. We're like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Time to branch out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. after those two episodes. Episode yeah. three, we're hiring a Foley artist and a set designer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, I have to say, you know, when they, they flash to the uh, their cabin on the boat, Artie must be fucking loaded <laughs> because <laughs> that is a spacious cabin for a boat. And uh, and he also, you know, which we'll discover a little later, it, you know, is willing to go ahead and purchase another room while on the ship. Now, I've only taken a couple cruises in my life um but they're not real cheap yeah and their rooms are not that big i mean that's like the presidential suite <laughs> based <laughs> on the size of it but uh you can tell i mean obviously it's it's an older show so it's a bit dated but uh like there's like wood trim <laughs> on the door and all the the side panels of the wall <laughs> right uh but uh, anyway rose is uh alone in the stateroom and she's uh kind of looking around awkwardly and then she starts kind of Laying on the bed, posing, I think, seductively, mm-hmm. kind of practicing for uh, when Arnie gets back in. And then he walks in. And she's, oh, startled. You know, oh, you scared me. Rose and Arnie kind of have a slightly awkward small talk, uh, but both decide that they're not really tired. And then so he says, hey, do you want to dance? And Rose says, oh, yeah, I can be dressing back down to the ballroom in a flash. 
And Arna's, Arnie's like, no, 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 I've got a, a radio right here, so we can do it, you know, we can dance right here in our cabin. So he uh, brings out this little radio he bought, I think, to say for his grandson. Yeah, yeah. But he kept it himself because he liked it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so his grandson missed out on that Glenn Miller tape. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's, you know, it's, it's enriching. It's the only thing the kid asked for for his birthday, but Grandpa liked it too much. So, <laughs> you know, sorry, he's going to have to go with, uh, what was the bootleg, the... The name of the other band that rose, oh, I forget. the cover band <laughs> that rose, Dick Silvertone, yeah, and the Silvertones, yeah, uh, something of that nature, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, they start slow dancing the the, the Glenn Miller band music, and Rose kind of talks nervously while they're dancing. She kind of reminisces about her uh, late husband, uh, talking about how you know he's similar to him, and Arnie kind of turns to her and says, "Hey, Rose." You know, if, if you like me, you got to like me for me, not for who you, who I remind you of. Right. And then uh, they kiss, and then Rose gets really nervous and runs to the bathroom, closes the drawer. And then they cut scene again. And now we're back at uh, the house, and the girls are in the kitchen wondering what Rose is doing. And I think Sophie even says, you mean you wonder if Rose is doing it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems odd to me to think, like, we're sitting around a table, and I just <coughs> wonder if my friend's having sex. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> you know... It, it's a, uh, I realize that, you know, there's some extra intrigue there since it's been so long right. for Rose. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and that the was the tipping time. point on whether she would even go, right? Right, yeah. So mm-hmm. I can kind of see that. But, yes, it's a very odd thing to be like, I've never sat at home like, I wonder if I wonder if Alan's getting it on right now. Uh, I feel a little hurt that you haven't I have never thought that, not mm-hmm. once. Well, I mean, it's a regular topic of conversation in our house, whether, you know, different friends are having sex. Brent, you, you care to chime in? <laughs> I always just assume the two of you are not. <laughs> Correct. Listen, just because you're not having sex, it doesn't mean you should project your lack of sex onto. I, I mean, yeah, onto don't your project. <laughs> just saying, there's a finite number of thoughts that I can have at any given moment, and I don't want to waste one of them on your naked ass going up and down. Well, now I have to waste some of mine on your naked ass walking around my house. <laughs> I mean, it's still more pleasant than uh, than you know you going to town on somebody, but. Uh, you welcome to picture it in a gown. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not really any better. But. Easy access. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Like you said, commando, just mm-hmm. you flip up the gown, Alan. Mm-hmm. There, you know, you're ready. Yeah. And if she's <laughs> got a gown. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you also have a, a a partner that's completely disinterested at that point when you <laughs> hoisted your gown. But mm-hmm. And I don't like the aspect of it being like me having easy access. <laughs> like, yeah, like there are no entry points on me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, let's not, uh, let's not, uh, you know, close the door on future possibilities. <laughs> woke, right now? Exactly, woke, AF. So, yeah, right, we'll revisit this topic on, we get to episode 180. <laughs> so maybe that'll be the impetus you need. <laughs> right. Take, take, take a, a page from Coco's book, right? Right. We, <laughs> we assume. I don't know if, uh, you know, it's just you. the fact that he was a houseboy, it doesn't necessarily mean that he was. True. Fancy, fancy could mean anything. So. That's true. Yeah. Fancy is a, a wide ranging to, uh, he description. He could just be well dressed. Mm-hmm. You know? Was he that well dressed? I didn't. Uh, nah. That purple kimono was pretty sharp. That was. It was nice for evening wear. <laughs> All right. So back to this episode. Yeah. So the girls are in the kitchen wondering if uh, you know how Rose is you know doing and on her uh, on her cruise. And then they start talking, kind of reminiscing about you know 
what was the first person they had sex with mm-hmm. after their husbands either divorced from or, or passed. And uh, Blanche reminisces about a uh, pastor that actually did the uh, service for her hu- late husband mm-hmm. and how they had a long-standing kind of simmering, you know, uh, lust for one another, but they were both married. So, you know, <laughs> after the other spouses were out of the picture, you know, game on, right? Yeah, that was probably my favorite line of the entire episode. Um, although it, it does leave it open-ended at the end, but she says, I believe, uh, as the Reverend performed the funeral services, I knew he wanted me. Um, <laughs> but then she goes on to say that some of the effect that she had to wait till his wife died. Right. But I couldn't tell if, because she was like, she could always tell that he wanted him because mm-hmm. of, you know, when he said yeah. sinner looking at her or something yeah. of that nature. But I couldn't quite tell if it was like her or his wife was still alive during the service mm-hmm. and at some point after that. So that still leaves it, it was pretty vague. nebulous as to when she actually, yeah. you know, had yeah. her first uh, Could have been a post, while. Yeah. post, you know, death. Uh, and I think didn't Dorothy uh, <laughs> decline to answer and then uh, Sophia chimed <laughs> in with, it was the divorce lawyer. Right, because it's so, always the divorce lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Apparently got into the wrong line of work, Ski. Apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, now we know. Mm-hmm. I, did, I did think it was odd that... Um, you know, that's what caused Blanche to leave the church. <laughs> like, was she only attending church just so she could be near the pastor? And then when she had him, she moved on? Well, yeah, I mean, she definitely was dissatisfied with what she, he wore his watch and his socks. Yeah. And, and she then never she never saw, saw him again. <laughs> so she just stopped going to Sunday meeting? <laughs> well, maybe it was after then that she went ahead and moved down to, to Miami. Mm-hmm. So Realize that's where the uh, the catches are. Right, yeah. Once she realized that this man, you know, couldn't meet her... Uh, needs and then it was time to head a little further south mm-hmm. so. well and then they actually talk a little more and uh, discuss about how time kind of makes your face and other features sag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Blanche looks into a mirror and is like Dorothy why didn't you tell me about this before yeah yeah that was definitely a funny line also that entire scene was a pretty solid scene from uh, beginning to end I felt like uh, mm-hmm. and yeah I, I really enjoyed Dorothy's line there about you know the boobs also sagging but unfortunately <laughs> Down to the sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, then we cut again. We're back on the boat. And actually, Rose is still in the bathroom. Uh, Arnie comes back into the room and says, Rose, you still in there? And says, yeah, I think he needs to get his, what was it, Afrin or something out of there? Yeah, yeah, a nice something. little product or shot Anderson? in there. Yeah, an- what was it? I think it was <coughs> Anison. Um, I'm not real familiar with what that medicine is, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm assuming sure. it was probably, you know, the Tylenol of its day or something <laughs> of that nature. So. I don't remember what it is either, but I know I've heard of it. Something to help his 12-year-old's heart. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just 12 the age that you have the strongest heart? <laughs> I mean, I don't think I would assume that a 12-year-old yeah. was what I was. I mean, I would think an 18-year-old's yeah. heart would be fully developed and, uh-huh. you know, still at the youngest peak you could be at. I just anyway, assumed it was a transplant. It could be. That's, that's what I was going to say, actually. So I got the heart of a 12-year-old. <laughs> he didn't mention there was a 12-year-old baboon, but um, but still 12 Could be an elephant. Could be. I don't know. I haven't heard of an elephant <laughs> heart transplant. <laughs> but I suppose if we're just picking the very animal Very large. Kingdom. I mean, very, a lot of volume, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, a lot uh, of blood pumping there. Mm-hmm, that's true. I, I would assume that's true. I have no idea about Raging the... erections, Alan. <laughs> yes, do you think the human veins could handle the amount of blood pumped by an elephant heart? I would bet not. <laughs> now, when you're a love machine like Artie is, though, you have plenty of extra space for that blood to go. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, anyway, so he kind of coaxes her out of the uh, bathroom, and she starts, you know, just kind of apologizing. She says, "I don't want to see, you, or I want you to see me with the, uh, my makeup smudge and stuff." And he's like, 
You couldn't, or I think I'd look ugly or something. He oh, says, you couldn't possibly look ugly to me. My contacts are in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Which is not exactly. Yeah, it's a definitely kind of a backhanded compliment <laughs> um, at best. Uh, but anyway, they start talking and discussing experiences about, you know, she says that, you know, if she felt, if she was with someone else, you know, after, you know, Charlie died, after so many years ago, she felt like she was cheating on him. And he says, well, you know, I kind of felt the same way after my wife died. And he explains how he lost her to a drunk driving accident. Mm. <clears throat> he says, but even though he kind of felt the uh, twinge of cheat, like it would be cheating on her, uh, it didn't stop him. Yeah, yeah. He went and did it anyway and just well, felt bad afterwards. But it just, and this is the part that, you know, you realize that he's just as much of a creep as the previous six men that we've met. <laughs> I was wondering if this was the scuzzy part where he's like, yeah, yeah he's kind of a jerk. He is kind of a jerk because he was like, you know, I never slept with another woman. Sure, I looked. I smacked a few bottoms. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say that. He yeah. said that. Yeah, it's really like a... a... <laughs> I mean, a callback to the time felt like like a Joe Biden kind of a moment, you know, from these recent, you know, Me Too things where it's like back then these uh, small forms of affection he's would an old be completely. Man, Alan, it's okay, it right? Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. He if he's smacked old. bottoms in 1975, so it was fine. But, okay. um, but yeah, it was just it was creepy as hell. And then his daughter wants to talk to him about how it's okay to bone again. <laughs> yeah, and he shouldn't feel guilty. Like, mom wouldn't like it if after you had exactly. sex with some woman, if you were feeling guilty about it. She's, she couldn't even be in heaven in that case. It's exactly. Like, who said she's in heaven? But. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, so that's when you realize it's just as creepy um, as the previous. But then, like, later, you know, when he changes his name and comes back. Right, and, and Rose has apparently no memory <laughs> exactly. of him. Exactly. I was wondering, because yeah, did you realize I, he was Miles? Yes, from, he's Miles from... And, uh, and obviously a much more regular <laughs> character. I want to say he appeared in 13 or 14 episodes yeah, yeah. as Miles, and then I think he even went on to the Golden Palace as Miles. Yeah. Um, My wife brought that up when we were watching it, and she's like, wait a minute, why is his name Arnie? That's Miles. And I was like... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they changed it somehow. I don't remember. Yeah, I would yeah. assume he must have been running from the law or something of that nature. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he got off the boat in the Bahamas and stayed. Um, yes. And that's. Uh, and it wasn't until I thought. I thought <laughs> died so, down. Since I couldn't remember yeah. how it all pans out, I was like, well, maybe, maybe Miles is his twin brother. They do that on comedy sometimes. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Miles was the one who Blanche had gone on the date with. That it turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> the one who so talked Jeffrey about his cross name. But she says yeah. his name was Jeffrey. So oh, yeah. okay. who, which uh, one of them changed the name out? That's true. I forgot. Yeah. Well, oh. possibly, I mean, you know, running from the law, you know, the press and his parents. Every I mean, isn't that, what happened, it, so. isn't that what happened to he, him? He is unpredictable and wild, guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, didn't Miles, he have to go into witness protection or something? It could be. Yeah, there was something odd about Miles. And that, that's how they wrote him off the show? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how they wrote him back into the show for the Golden Palace. Yeah. Um, It'll be, I don't know, interesting once we get to that point to <laughs> see if we can figure that uh, mystery yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, poor Artie just couldn't stay away from that white poontang. <laughs> right. Being both figurative and literal. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, all that, uh, <laughs> in their conversation, we actually find out that Rose's husband died during sex, and she's never told anybody that. Right. And so she's afraid mm-hmm. that she would literally kill Arnie in the act. Yeah, that was another really good line from the episode. I mean, it was her delivery, too, of it was uh, was really good. That uh, I don't remember the, yeah, I'm afraid if I, if I make love to you, I'll kill you or something. Or if we make love, I'll kill you. But 
the way that she delivered it was really, really mm-hmm. solid. Yes. That's when he says, well, I've got the heart of a, he's been checked out recently mm-hmm. and he's got the heart of a 12 year old. Yeah. Which I think we all are like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no one, no one fucks like a 12 year old. That's one thing I know. <laughs> so, I mean, there's one thing I've learned in my life as an adult. <laughs> that you can't beat a 12 year old. <laughs> so. so anyway, that, that scene closes. Uh, <laughs> they kind of sit on the bed together and she asks him to just hold her for a while. So they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we cut back into the living room again. And uh, Sophia is uh, taunting Dorothy to try and get her to play cards again. Sophia admits, you know, Dorothy's like, why? I, you know, I, I don't like this. <laughs> you know, you don't ever really enjoys playing cards. And she says, well, twi- quite honestly, cards kind of bore me to death. And she says, well, then why do you like to play me? And she admits that she loves talking to her. And they have really good conversations. And she says, you know, Aunt Jean was the same way. And then makes some kind of allusion to... Uh, some kind of uh, special event in her life. Yeah, swimming naked Boyer. with Charles Boyer. Well, yes. Yeah. Now I looked up a couple things for this episode. I did not look up who Charles Boyer is. That was a, a name. I recognize it, it's the a name, familiar but name. I yeah, do but not I know who he is, or I assume he's probably an actor. We, yeah, I, I mean, someone in the entertainment industry. Because why else would we care? That, Maybe uh, he's a really interesting neighbor. It could just, be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rose arrives back uh, in a cab, and then uh, Blanche kind of says, hey, you know, Rose is here. Everybody sit down. Uh, The girls are excited to see her and hear about the trip and how it went and the potentially sexy details of the trip. Rose enters, and you can see uh, Sophia immediately asks if she did it. (laughs) Yeah, what was it? If they played hide the cannoli, I think was the euphemism that she used there. that is it. Mm -hmm. But Rose does not hear her. Or at least doesn't understand the reference. I Um, think right before that, Dorothy even... Uh, goes on to say, hey, you know, if she doesn't want to talk anything about anything, you know, let's not force her into it. Which is funny because, you know, she goes in, she starts listing all the awesome activities they did on the ship, all the fun they had. And then Dorothy interrupts saying, well, did you hit the sheets or not? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you know, she lists off this huge list of events that they have on the boat. Um <laughs> It's a very demanding schedule, it sounded like. Yeah, well, I mean, they and, you know, they, they do have a lot of activities on a cruise. Um, it seems like a lot of them were pretty similar sounding activities. Yeah. You know, Monte Carlo night, <laughs> Rio night, and uh, Vegas night, I would think, would all be uh, Gambling similar. Gambling heavy, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They probably had a casino on the boat, so they just had a theme <laughs> a lot of the nights to that. Um, and then, you know, of course, Hoot Nanny night, which uh, I think is everybody's favorite, which... Yeah, I, I've always known, like, or not known, but I assumed a hoot nanny was a party of some sort. Um, mm-hmm. So I decided to look a little more deeply into what specifically a hoot nanny is. Yeah, it's like a southern type party. Well, yeah, it's a well, I guess it's a an it's an Appalachian word mm-hmm. that originally meant like something that you forgot the name of, like a uh, you know what you call it or a. Mm-hmm. Uh, thingamajig yeah, so yeah. hoot nanny which i think we should bring back as far as like okay. hey uh, hand me that hoot nanny over there <laughs> yeah. um and then of course it's you know like a a, a folk music party mm-hmm. i guess yeah. uh, to be more specific yeah but i guess you now hand it's me that also, gizmo over there right yeah what gizmo oh that hoot nanny that one yeah but um because yeah. i think a hoot nanny was replaced by a hullabaloo oh yeah probably so um, <laughs> both fantastic activities <laughs> well now i guess i don't know how common this is because i've never heard it before but it said that uh a hoot nanny is also something that certain professions use as like a meeting of the minds uh mm. like i guess it was started <laughs> by firefighters you know when they're having a gathering to me it sounds like 
a lie. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as if they're like, yeah, let's get together for this hoot nanny with a wink um, that really means they're going to a strip club together or something of that nature. But We're going to pour our brains together. Yes, right. that's what we're trying to do. So, I mean, I think if... if uh, if they can just take an old word and completely repurpose it mm-hmm. um, to be that, I, I think I think we should do the same. Or other people, we should do start have, looking. Do you have an idea? Do you have a suggestion? Um, Sounds like you're going somewhere with this. I'm apprehensive about this. You are? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm afraid that we'll like inadvertently bring back a word that just has racist connotations. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not going to try to. We can target one if you want. <laughs> yeah, Let's well, bring back bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think bamboozled is still in the in the zeitgeist, in my opinion. <laughs> but um, if I had to pick a word, I'd say, I think from now on, we'll start it here. If uh, people, the, the prospect or the uh, process of recording a podcast is going to be called a Davenport a so, Davenport? Yeah, because a Davenport is essentially a dead word. You never go into a furniture store and ask for a Davenport. <laughs> it's a sofa, love seat, or a couch at this point. Okay. You know, maybe a sectional, but it's never a Davenport. So from now on, you know, I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go in Davenport with Ski and Brent about the Golden Girls. You know, it just means record a podcast. So, yes, wife, join me on the Davenport. Well, that wouldn't work in. No, with, I mean, uh, from the oldie speak. Well, I understand, and I think everybody who's listening already understood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. You were saying like a Davenport was a piece of furniture, and now you're saying like a man and his wife would sit upon it? Right. I thought it was like a dresser or something. No, no, it's like a couch. Okay, like a love-seat type couch? I think it's a standard couch, Um, you know, like a three-seat type of uh, couch. I mean, that's at least what my grandmother called it. Now, I I guess I can't attest to the accuracy of her description, but... Sure, she's knowledgeable. Yeah, but but yeah. it's got a new definition now, though. Right. So now, yeah, if you're recording a podcast, you're Davenporting. Davenporting. Uh, oh, it's a ver- yeah. it's trying to change to a verb it, then. If you're recording, if you're just going to record, like in the uh, you're going to record the Davenport. Yeah. Or you no, are Davenporting. No, you're da- You're. I'm going to Davenport. That means I'm going to record a podcast. If I'm in the process, then I'm Davenporting a podcast, um, or I'm Davenporting. Recording a podcast is Davenport. So I'm not Davenporting a <laughs> podcast. I'm just Davenporting. That means I'm recording a podcast going forward. So tomorrow, if somebody asks me what I did last night, and I accidentally slip up and say I Davenported, <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. Okay. Um, yeah, because that'd be past tense. Yeah, if you're in, uh-huh. if you're gonna do it, you're gonna Davenport because you're mm-hmm. gonna record it. Yeah. That means future. If you're in the process, you're Davenporting. <laughs> and if you did it in the past, you Davenported okay. with you know your friends about the Golden Girls. Okay. So going forward. So let it be written, so let it be done. All right, so that can be yours, and I'll find my own thing to sort of bring back. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. So yeah, well, let's continue another, with the Davenporting. Yeah, yeah, let's, we need to finish, um, you know, finish Davenporting about the Golden Girls. So uh, Dorothy, you know, as I said, interrupts demanding if they, uh, to know if they did it. And, you know, Rose kind of says, you know, some girls don't like to kiss and tell. And uh, she can tell she's kind of sheepish about it. Uh, Blanche, of course, then jumps in and says, you know, Half the story, or half the fun is giving the story, you know. Some of the guys I used to do were, you know, just for the story specifically. Right. Yeah, that was another reference that I looked up because uh, Dorothy, you know, says she must have more stories than O. Henry, which that's, mm-hmm. you know, I've heard of the candy bar. I knew it was a reference to somebody. Um, See, I immediately thought a gift to the vag. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I did not have any. Now, I have, I do know the gift of the Magi story. I had no mm-hmm. idea that it was O. Henry. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, or, you said uh, gift of the Madge? Well, I believe I, he said badge. Okay. Um, so yeah, you heard what you thought you heard. <laughs> I, I was like, I just totally heard that wrong. But uh. but yeah, gift of the Magi is probably is I would have to guess his most famous yeah. short story. Um, it's my did you say Magi <laughs> with Vagi be plural? Yeah. I suppose so. One Vag, two Vagi. Yeah. Well, I'm not exactly sure what Magi. Um, Isn't the Magi like the? It's like an old, uh, like an Egyptian king. Oh, okay. Um, I thought, wasn't it the the three wise men? I thought that's what it was about. Yeah. No, no. The gift of the magi is is a story about like I bought, I get, I sold something of mine to buy something of for you that went with something of yours, mm-hmm. and you sold something that same thing to buy something for yeah. me that went with something of mine. Yeah. So then we both end up not having I, the thing. I that, feel very uneducated right yeah. now. I need to well, look that I mean, up. like so, a guy and a girl are you know dating or whatever. And he buys her a uh, hair comb. Oh yeah, I have heard this and she story. She sold her she, but she sold her hair in order to buy him I do something. This. I forget what his aspect of it was, but she has no use for the comb, and he has right? no use for whatever she got him. Was it like you a know? watch or something? I thought. Yeah, Maybe exactly. A piece of a watch or a strap it, to the exactly, watch. Exactly, but he lost his wrist in the war or something. Yeah, if you're looking for something that's maybe more your speed, there's a Disney version of it too, where Mickey yes. and Minnie purchase things for each other. So that's very sweet. Yeah, and, and one of the Christmas uh, does, related. Does Minnie cut off her ears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he buys her earmuffs, and <laughs> so it's really awkward. <laughs> so now Mickey's a harmonica player in this version, and she buys him a case for a harmonica, and he buys her, um, I, I think, like a a chain for her watch. Um, but she sells her watch and. So there's, you know, same exact exact story, but just different objects and characters. Sounds like the Twilight Zone. Did you have to explain to your kids what a watch was or just what the chain was? Well, <laughs> I, I, you, you mean know. a phone that you hold? <laughs> right. Yeah. They they had no it's idea. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They're like, why did she? Why did well, they? they got the Apple Watch. It's still, it's still valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the next iteration of that classic animated tale. It's like, <laughs> I sold my iPhone. It's like, but I bought you a pop socket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what the, what another, uh, you know, other side of that would be, but it's not coming, uh, not coming to mind. Another good example. <laughs> so, okay. So anyway, we find out, you know, yeah, O. Henry, Blanche stories. Yeah. And we, you know, uh, Rose doesn't really want to talk about it, and so uh, they don't really press her. And Dorothy says, "You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to." And as uh, as Rose is exiting, she says, "But if you come back in the room, we know you did." And then so there's a pause where the camera's just kind of showing the wall where Rose had kind of disappeared around it, and then mm-hmm. of course she comes back around and says, "It was wonderful." Right. So you know she got hers. And I had remembered this entire scene differently. Like, I had thought that she regaled a tale to the other girls about, you know, how her lovemaking prowess had killed Arnie as well. Mm. Maybe that's later on. Maybe you're not misunderstood. Maybe you're not or, misremembering it, but, but some different part of the series. Well, Arnie's never seen again, so perhaps she did. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, maybe that's, that's right. What, he's not in this, the rest yeah, of this episode. Yeah, he's so. not in the episode, nor ever in a future episode yeah. as that character. And so. she says it's wonderful. Maybe yeah. That's maybe that's what she's into. It reminded weird. me so much of Charlie. <laughs> well, he too we got to start dead paying we attention finished. a little bit to the undertones. Maybe... Rose does this on a regular basis, and we just don't know it. <laughs> She's like yeah. a black widow killer. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or a gray widow killer. Yeah. yeah, at this point. <laughs> and so she comes back. She says it was wonderful, and the girls are all super happy for her, of course, that 
you know, she kind of was able to take the next step in her life. And Rose says, you know, she was very happy that she went on the trip and it changed her life because she realized she can, you know, love another man again, kind of not the same but differently. And then we follow Blanche uh, kind of goes with Rose back to the other room to help her unpack. And then we close with uh, Sophia and Dorothy kind of shuffling cards out again to, to play another game of cards and they're talking. So Yeah, and, and I think she confides in her mom about another man that she had bedded at some point. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was like her uncle or something. I don't think it was her uncle, but it was somebody that it was definitely someone who Sophia knew. Yeah. Um, well, wasn't Sophia talking about like her sister and her sister's husband or something? Could be. I can't remember who the. Well, no, because she was saying that she could have ended up with him, and she was like, uh-huh. "I did have him, and it wasn't good." Yeah. Um, so I can't imagine she's like, "You could have ended up with your cousin." <laughs> um, so that would seem. And then she kind of presses Sophia to go back and tell her more about the story about what was the Jones name? Chuck Boyer. So. And then we kind of close on Chuck. That. You're getting real familiar <laughs> with Charles <laughs> Bouillet at this point. <laughs> All right. So, um, MC, Alan. Was, was there any, uh, yeah, I've already told you the scenes in particular that, that stood out to me. Was there any uh, particular line or scene that, that really uh, shined for you in this episode? Um, uh, for single lines, I think maybe uh, when uh, Blanche was talking about the preacher, I think. Mm, yeah, that was that was probably overall my favorite line of the show as well. Um, I don't know if it was my favorite scene, but my favorite individual line. I would, I would agree so, with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. So, any, anything for you that stood out, Brent? Any particular line or, or scene? No, um, I mean, the whole, like you said, the Blanche and the church scene. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first time they really sort of played up her southern heritage mm-hmm. a bit more. Yeah, know? that's probably true. So. Because yeah, obviously that first episode, she wasn't even necessarily Southern. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't think it was on display nearly as much in the second episode mm-hmm. as it was yeah. there. She definitely was more the Southern Belle kind of mm-hmm. like a yeah. case of the vapors kind of a, a lady <laughs> at that point. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so Ski, who would be your MVP for that episode? Oh, I got to go with Rose. I mean, she definitely had, you know, the most going on in this episode. She was kind of the hero that overcame her fear mm-hmm. and such to go get her some. Yeah. Now I, I would ask Brent, but I'm already sure who his MVP is going to be based on the shit answers he's given the last two episodes. It's probably Jeffrey would be my guess. Because um, <laughs> I believe his, his MVPs have been Coco and then someone else who should have been in the episode um, in the second one. Or no, it was, uh, was it Stanley? I think he did pick Stanley in the second mm-hmm, one. So yeah. then I'd have to guess Artie yeah. would be your MVP, even though I thought he was a sleazeball. Yeah. No, I think Jeffrey's a good a good pick. Jeffrey's your pick. Who we yeah. never see. And uh, we, we do know that he's boring at least, right? Yeah. He has a low-sodium diet. They... <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Just because, I mean, like I said, we've already established that Arnie's kind of a sleaze. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it'd be a cold day in hell before I vote for a prude. <laughs> so it takes Rose out of the running. <laughs> I thought that the uh, title of the uh, episode was, was a little bit kind of rude to, to poor old Rose. And I don't even know that it would necessarily be uh, something I agree with. Yeah, I guess I don't know the actual definition of a prude. I've always thought of a prude as someone who seemed to be easily offended by uh, mm-hmm. sexual jokes or whatnot. Not necessarily someone who I think it's who is abstinent. I think it's just that total inhibition. Oh, okay. So just re- refusing to cut loose, whether that's you know comedically or you know sexually. Oh, okay. Oh, fair enough. I would say then it's it. Wouldn't necessarily be rude uh, to have that uh, that title. It sounds well, accurately the way Brent describes it. I think. Uh, well, I think the reasoning behind her abstinence, if you will, is not so much prudish as it is. 
reverence. Mm, okay. Mm. Well, all, right. all I'm saying is, you know, if not having sex for 15 years makes you a prude, <laughs> who among <laughs> us is not a prude? It's, it's a while. It's well, a yeah. long while. Yeah. Wow. All right. So, Ski. Uh, so, you're saying you lost virginity at 14? or? Well, I claimed I had. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Ski claimed he had. I started going to school with him in sixth grade. So, he would have been 12 at the time. Uh-huh. And he claimed he had had sex uh, prior to coming to the school. I guess he would have been, <laughs> what, 11 at the time that he actually started right, the school. Right. Yeah. It would have been. Uh-huh. So, it would have been when he was around 10 years old that he had sex with this yeah, mystery woman. I was a ladies' man. He He's... held that lie for eight years. Um, it wasn't well, until you knew he me finally. The whole time. Well, yeah. And, and believe me, a 10-year-old ski was no one that some woman was throwing <laughs> herself at. I mean, yeah, he grew out of his awkwardness, but it took him, you know, until midway through high school before uh, that transformation occurred. Um, so. I can just imagine him at show and tell with his fingers. Smell him. <laughs> I swear. It was uh, like gone and grabbed uh, some fish or whatever. Like he what, do you, what do you think happens? <laughs> so... All right, so uh, how many slices of cheesecake out of eight would you give this episode? Well, I'm trying to remember what I gave the last one. 13 and 12. <laughs> I, know, I know my first one was 7.5. That you had to be talked down to at the 7.5. <laughs> which, which should, should I go back and edit that now? Should I mean, No, it's on there. I think our lower scores will average that, so it's not going to be in contention. Well, I think now that really I understand like the, the scoring system better, uh, I would give it a different rating, obviously. Oh, okay. Uh, but I would what say... Part of one to eight was unclear. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Like, I thought we were individually rating each episode for its own merit, not necessarily against the other the other ones. Well, I still say we were, but, I mean, it still has have a scale. Otherwise, yeah. the scale means nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would like to think that whatever you give this episode... I thought this was a much better episode than the first two, actually. Worse, it would sort of correlate to whatever you gave this episode. Yeah, I mean, because based on what you're saying, I'm not comparing it against every show that's ever been produced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not just saying if we're comparing it to all forms of entertainment, you know, then, yeah, maybe it would be in the Well, I, I still contend that my thoughts behind the 7.5 was based partly on the success of the show that we now understand. No one is disagreeing with your flawed logic. <laughs> we understand <laughs> where five. it came from. Five. I, I give today a five. Okay, uh, Five is where I also land on this particular episode. I thought it was solid. That was good comedy. Wasn't any real drama in it, which I don't necessarily know if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing in an episode anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I thought it was, was solid overall. So five is where I would land also. It's like an, one and a half. A one and a half? Wow. Yeah. That was pretty low on your list. Yeah. I am... Um, I prefer more scenes with, you know, all four of the girls together. Oh. And I don't know that we ever even got that in this episode. I think Sophia had already left or, like, I don't know that we ever got all of them together. Yeah, I mean, if they were, it was uh, not interacting with each other. Yeah. Uh, not like, for very long. out on the lanai, like, she offered the, you know, uh, Arnie to Sophia. And she's like, nah. And then she leaves. And then Rose shows up. So it's just the three of them. And well, I guess at the end, when they all have the hide the cannoli joke, but yeah. it just wasn't <laughs> enough. You know, That's fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I can get on board with that. So. so so it's a one and a half. Okay. Did you have any any extra fun facts or uh, bits of trivia that you happen to come across on this episode? No, I think I inserted them all okay. randomly throughout the episode. All right. Well, uh, I guess that'll conclude our third episode of Sophia's Choice. So uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. 
If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.